sure you're like me, and as you watch the news and you say, what in the world is going on in our country today? What is What in the world is going on in our world? Well, this morning, I want to enlighten you to a passage of Scripture, and I want to talk to you about uh, that time the Bible calls the last days. Now, there is a Greek term in the New Testament that means last. It's just a simple word, eschatos. And then uh, there's a study uh, or a branch of theology called eschatology. It just means the study of last things. The Bible talks about uh, the time of the end. We like to talk about end times, but really we're talking about that concept in the Bible known as the last days. There is a last days, a period of time known as the last days, and the last days has a last day as well. Not too many uh, weeks ago I shared with trying to enlighten Brian Nash. Brian Nash needs a lot of help, so from time to time I try to help him out with his spelling and various other things. But this time I was working on his theology, and we were I just sent him a, a, a little blurb about the different views of different pastors down through the ages, uh, past and present, who have differing views of the last times. And there are several different views, and you can have a different view and still be uh, a, a good theologian. So there are just several of those. I'm not going to give you any view at all. I'm going to take you to the 24th chapter of Matthew today, and I want to show you what I believe Jesus outlines as the unfolding sorrows of the last days, the unfolding sorrows of the last days. And so his disciples, like you and me, were a little bit interested in what was going on in their world. And uh, beginning in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 24, they ask him a question, and Jesus answers it with the remainder of that chapter. He was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will happen. And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not frightened. For those things must, must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. And so this is the first season of sorrows that Jesus outlines in the 24th chapter of Matthew. He calls it the beginning of sorrows or the beginning of birth pangs. And when I read that from the King James Version, the beginning of sorrows, my mind began to roll and I began to look at this uh, chapter in the Bible a little closer. And so make no mistake... The Bible clearly tells us that we are presently living in that season known as the last days. When the writer of Hebrews was writing to his readers, he talked about how God has spoken in the past to the fathers through the prophets, but he said, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his Son. So... Jesus said there are some things that are going to happen, and we're not going to talk about the details of that. Just observe the fact that there are things that are going to happen, 
uh, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's even an Old Testament passage of Scripture that talks about in those days there were their nation was rising against nation. It ta- those things have happened since the beginning of time, and they will continue to happen. There will continue to be viruses. There will continue to be uh, calamities. There will continue to be tragedies across the world. And Jesus said, these are just the beginning of sorrows. This is false labor. He said, don't expect that to be the end. And if somebody says, the Lord is over here, or the Lord is over there, he said, don't pay any attention to it. They're going to be false teachers and false prophets. But as I told you, you can see a progression. And if these are the beginning of sorrows, then what Jesus speaks of as he continues leads me to believe that there is another season called the intensification of sorrows. I would call it that. So the beginning of sorrows, those normal things that take place that confuse us and cause us to scratch our head and say what's going on in the world. And then there's an intensification of that. You'll see that beginning to read in verse 9. He says, Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So he says, they will deliver you to tribulation. That's not famines. That's not earthquakes. Uh, That's something entirely different. This seems to be an attack on believers or followers of Jesus themselves. It seems to be a worsening of all that's gone before. But please notice that even even in that season, the gospel continues to be preached. The church continues to be at work, although there is a deepening hatred for those who call themselves the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's also a time of purging. The Bible says Jesus does. Many will fall away and hate one another. The difficulties of those days and the sorrows of those days will be greatly intensified. So there's the beginning of sorrows. There's the intensification of sorrows. Both Peter and Paul tell us a little bit about the last days and what we can expect. Peter said that in the last days, he said you need to know this. First of all, in the last days, this is Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning. Now, of course, Peter answers that. He answers their objection, but he said, you can expect this. You can expect people to ridicule your faith. You can expect people to make light, make little of God's word, and to mock at God's promises. He said, expect that in the last days. Paul said, writing to Timothy, the young pastor Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning to read in verse 1, he said, you need to realize this, Timothy, in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Now, we look around at our world, and and we're a little surprised, I think, as believers, when when we see things happen, especially, why are people so, seem to be so mad at Christians and, and churches? Let me just say, let me announce this. If today they come for my church, tomorrow they will come for your church. You better be careful. 
I hate to say it that way, but it's just simply true. Because the Bible says there's going to be a hatred for believers, no matter who they are. And, and, and Paul said perilous times are going to come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. And then in that same chapter, which outlines what life will be like in the last days, he says in verse 12, Indeed, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, and evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We scratch our heads and we look around. We say, what is happening? Well, I would just raise a question for you. Have we moved from the season of the beginning of sorrows into that season known as that I would label the intensification of sorrows? You have to answer that question on your own. I can't answer it. I just raise it. But surely time will tell, and we ought to be prepared for the progression of sorrows that will continue to unfold in the last days uh, because there will be more than one time of tribulation that precedes the end. Jesus said, they will deliver you to tribulation. And since I mentioned tribulation, I want you to consider yet another division of sorrows that exist in this 24th chapter of Matthew. We have the beginning of sorrows, the intensification of sorrows, and then third, Jesus talks about the worst of sorrows, beginning to read in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 24. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, he has in parenthesis, let the reader understand. You notice I'm not interpreting all these verses for you. I'm just trying to show you an outline of what Jesus is saying. He said, then those who are in Judea need to flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get things out of his house. Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and those nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight will not be in winter on a Sabbath. For then, look at verse 21, for then there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. That's the worst of sorrows. Jesus said unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. He said, if anybody says to you though, in those days, Jesus is out here outside of town or he's somewhere up on a mountain or he's here or there, he said, don't believe them because he says down in verse 27, just as lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. I just read you that passage of Scripture to alert you to these things and to show you that Jesus said it is a great tribulation. It is something worse than anything that has gone before, worse than anything will ever be, and that is a season yet to come. We are not in that season right now, thankfully. Uh, some believe the church will experience no part of that season of sorrows. Others believe the church will experience part of it. And uh, those are interpretations. And uh, only the Lord knows exactly what will happen in that season called the worst of sorrows. But know this, 
There can be no worst of sorrows. And this is what you need to think of as you scratch your head and look at what's going on in our world today. There can be no worst of sorrows without the Antichrist. The Antichrist mentioned in the Bible does not appear during the worst of sorrows. He appears in this season called the intensification of sorrows. He is hidden until he's revealed. And so I'd like to read to you from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, uh, where Paul talks to the people in Thessalonica about the coming of the Lord Jesus. He said, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together to him, don't be quickly shaken from your composure or disturbed by a spirit or a message as if from us to the effect that that day has come, that it's already happened. Because he says, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come. Notice the coming of our Lord and our gathering together to him will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of sin or the man of lawlessness, mark that word lawlessness, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was with you, I was telling you these things? And you know now what restrains him so that in his time he will be revealed for the mystery of lawlessness. Isn't that an interesting phrase? The mystery of lawlessness. You scratch your head, you look at the news, you say, what in the world is going on? Well, Paul said the mystery of lawlessness is what's going on, and it's already at work. It was already at work in Paul's day. It's at work in our day, and it'll be at work in that day he said the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken away. And then that lawless one will be revealed. And, of course, that's the Antichrist. And he talks about the satanic deception that will take place through him so that people will believe what is false in order that they may all be judged, Paul said, who took pleasure in wickedness and did not believe the truth. My intention today has not been to give you times and seasons, because I don't know those, but to show you that there are times and seasons and that there are there is an unfolding progression of sorrows, the beginning of sorrows, false laborer, this is not really the time, and then the intensification of sorrows when the focus is on believers, and then the worst of sorrows, that period known as the Great Tribulation, and then the fourth progression of sorrows and the 24th chapter of Matthew are eternal sorrows. Look at verse 29. Jesus said, I, look, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. You don't have to agree with me. Just agree with what Jesus said. He said immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all tribes of the earth will mourn. That's sorrow. And they will see the sign of the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky, on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. 
Those are eternal sorrows. When they mourn, when they see Jesus come because they're not ready. Eternal sorrows. When the Bible says in the book of Revelation, they will be consigned to the lake of fire. And Jesus said, in that place there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth for all eternity. That's eternal sorrows. That's the unfolding sorrows of the last day. And on the last day of the last day come eternal sorrows. But Jesus said you need to be careful because sometimes you see things happen in your world and you say, this is it. This is the end. And he says, no. It's like a woman when she goes to the doctor and says, I'm about to have my baby. And the doctor says, oh, no, you've got a long time to wait. It's not coming right now. This is false labor. It's just false labor. And so Jesus said, that's what sometimes we see happening in our world, just false labor. Paul said, however, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, there's a different time because there's a, a time when it really happens. When our oldest daughter was born on April the 3rd, 1976, we went to the doctor that morning and because we were kids, I mean really kids, uh, I think my wife was 20 when our oldest daughter was born and I was, I was not 20. So, and she may not have been 20, I don't know, so I can't remember that. So I have to do the math. She was 20. I was still 19, just, just a couple of months behind her. And so here were two kids going to Forest General Hospital. We drive up at Forest General Hospital that Saturday morning and say, our baby's coming. The doctor said, oh, no, your baby's not coming. This is, this is false labor. You just go home and relax. You don't have anything to worry about. We went back at 4 o'clock that afternoon, and two kids walking across the parking lot, and there goes my wife's stomach just sinking down as we were walking across the parking lot. We walk in Forest General Hospital, and 20 minutes later, the real thing, there's a baby. 20 minutes after we got in the hospital. That was sort of exciting. Paul says there are times like that. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5, Now it's the times and, and seasons, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night while they are saying peace and safety. Then sudden destruction will come upon them, and suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, they'll not escape. In other words, there are times when it's false. It's not time for that baby to be born, but there are other times when you can't stop that baby from being born because that baby is on the way. And so Paul tells us there will be a time when this is all going to happen. And when it happens, it will happen quickly. Jesus will come like a thief in the night, like lightning flashing from one side of the sky to the other. So the sorrow in our world, all the sorrows that our world is experiencing today, are part of the sorrows of the last days because we're living in the last days. Are we still in the beginning of sorrows or have we moved into the intensification of sorrows? Will, will the church experience any part of the worst of sorrows or if you're not a part of the church, you certainly will experience the worst of sorrows. And if you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will experience eternal sorrow. And our Lord does not want you to experience that. He desires that all men to be saved, for all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. But one grand and glorious statement we can make in light of all this is a time is coming when there will be the end of sorrows. Uh, we, we read in the book of Revelation of that time when the Lord himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes 
And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, no sorrow, no crying or pain because the first things have passed away. So what will it be like for you? I hope that you will know that moment when the Lord wipes away all the sorrow of the past, every tear, no more sorrow, but only eternal joy in His presence. Would you pray with me?